This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, it's 12 minutes past seven on Power Business. And as I said, we move on to a conversation in our Power Boardroom on uh, the Copyright Amendment Bill and the Performers Protection Amendment Bill. Both of these are bills that are supposed to really, uh, you know, assist the creative industry in being a sustainable sector and also, I guess, one with the necessary levels of compliance. And joining us to unpack exactly where we are with it, but also uh, if there's any questions or comments or qualms on it, uh, is Tando Makonga, Managing Director at Share Publishing Africa, and I'm also joined on the line by Darren Bergman, who's a DA member uh, or member of the Portfolio Committee on Trade, Industry, and Competition, and also in the National Assembly. Uh, good evening to you both, and thank you so much for chatting to us. Good evening. Good evening, Notando. Fantastic. Uh, maybe, Darren, we'll start with you. These two bills uh, are with the National Assembly right now. I think going back and forth in the process uh, that is necessary for us to see legislation through in the country, what are we trying to do here? Well, basically, I think I mean the bill was originally published for comment in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. It was then presented to Parliament for a vote in uh, September 2022, um, of which it was passed, but we obviously voted against it. Um, it then served to the NCRP where it was returned back. Um, the president also ret- returned it to our committee. Um, we've just finalized it now, where it will now come before Parliament again tomorrow, and then it will probably be passed through again. Um, and you'll find that the DA will probably will object again to it. Um, exactly as you said, though, there seems to be a flurry of, of laws being passed or amendments being passed, and it's, a lot of them have just been rushed, and, and that is problematic. You know, They're trying to get in before the end of the term, and a lot of them could be used for electioneering purposes, and this is a grave concern to a lot of us as to what the real purpose and intention is behind a bill. Well, that's it, Tando. I can get your thoughts here on your understanding of these uh, two bills and your stance as an industry player. Yes, um, I mean, I think today I'm, I'm really speaking on behalf of the Music Publishers Association of South Africa. Um, and I think one of the things that we are primarily concerned about is just the uh, lack of consideration, right, in terms of the effect of the bill as currently de- designed. So, I mean, this, I think it was yesterday or, or today, um, CSAC, which is the uh, International Confederation uh, for Authors and Composers, came out quite categor- categorically and said this bill is out of step with international best practice. Um, ultimately, the impact of the bill will harm South Africa's creative community and, and will lead to the devaluation of the creator's works, which is completely, you know, um, against everything that, you know, legislators always always uh, tout, you know, uh, particularly in election season. So we have, a, you know, some major concerns uh, just around us being, um, you know, not in line with international best practice. Uh, obviously, the, the one major area that we are concerned about from a publisher's perspective is uh, the fair use clause, which, again, just in the, in the way it's been currently designed, I think, again, will just lead to the erosion of value of intellectual property and copyright.
I want us to get into that clause in a bit, Tando, but Darren, maybe I'll come back to you. Let's speak about some of the deficiencies or concerns uh, that you have uh, with the Bills as they currently stand. Well, that is definitely one of them. The fair use is is, uh, obviously one of those. Um, you know, when you're talking about uh, looking at who we're protecting and who, who, you know, who's getting the better deal, obviously, when you when you're introducing a law um, and you want to, uh, you know, you want to reach international standards, the problem here is our this legislation, I think, is trying to benchmark against EU standards, but we don't have the systems that the EU does. So, you know, here we're going to talk about the reselling of rights or royalties so where you sell the artist's work and then you resell the artist's work the artist is entitled to five percent of 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 the royalty of the resale of of that work now in the eu that works perfectly because they've got the system for that in south africa unfortunately you know we can't rely on that part and i'm not sure that we're at that stage where we can you know we can we have that system um we're now also moving towards where paying royalties, well, failure to pay royalties is now deemed a criminal offence and not a civil offence, which is not a problem. But you have to prove that the person didn't know or well knew that they had to pay royalties or that they had the system that billed them correctly for royalties. Now, I've asked in committee often is, do are our systems reliable enough to pick up when a royalty is rightfully supposed to be paid to an artist. So with the invent of, uh, you know, the likes of um, Spotify and all these uh, platforms and all these cell phone media or computer medias generating music where artists from South Africa can generate their music on these platforms, does South Africa have the systems to monitor these sorts of uh, you know, these sorts of foray where we could actually then say, well, we owe uh, this artist X amount of money. Because then if we don't, we're enforcing laws. Well, we we have laws that have enforcement value to it, and we're then making criminal out of people that didn't even know that they were criminals. That becomes problematic. Um, further to that, we're now also seeing, um, you, we're seeing that uh, we have the Marrakesh uh, Treaty uh, tested in court now with the, this, the visually impaired, where they had the right, of course, to to uh, to their um, the way in which their uh, books are printed and published, and to the amount of books that are printed and published. Our bill doesn't really cover how it's going to subscribe to in line with the Marrakesh Treaty because we haven't resolved how we're going to um, ascend to the Marrakesh Treaty. And, of course, we've, we've also broadened our definition to not just the visually impaired. So how are we going to accommodate, you know, the visually impaired have a specific um, type of book in which they have to read or which they used to reading, and now we want to interfere in that by by broadening that scope, which is now infringing on constitutional rights. So there's quite a lot to go through. I mean, it could be here the whole night and what in, in the different ways. But I think if you look at principle, you've got to look at consultation, you've got to look at definition and the clarity of definition and whether there's ambiguity and 
whether the enforcement or the objective of that bill is actually for the right of the people that they're, they're trying to protect or that they're trying to empower. And I think it finds itself wanting more than it finds itself, uh, you know, ticking the boxes on all three of those. Thank you for all that, Darren. Uh, Tando, you mentioned the issue of fair use. Maybe you can go into that for us. Um, and any other, uh, you know, clauses that you're specifically concerned about at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe just to, to explain um, what the concept of fair use is for, for the listener. Um, and I'll just give an example in, in a music space, um, you know, which is a normal example. Small, independent uh, creator creates a song, uh, uploads it on the digital platform, uh, hopefully it gains traction, and they start to earn royalties and, you know, streams and through the streams and downloads. But under the fair use clause, individuals or entities may be able to use substantial portions of the song without permission, um, you know, for purposes such as criticism, commentary, or parody. And in the way that it, it's described in the bill or currently constructed, let's say, um, what we feel is that this basically, again, puts the onus on um, copyright preservation and uh, on, the, on the creator as opposed to the person who's using it. Um, and again, the person who's invested the time, the effort, and the resources into creating that, that asset isn't able to then fully benefit from its commercial exploitation due to the fair use exemption. And and I think one of the points uh, that you know um, the, the, the the other speaker is, is is mentioning is quite valid because we don't have the mechanisms in our ecosystem to manage you know monitoring of use. Uh, and again, you're not putting that onus and responsibility on the creator who's who's you know trying to build a career. So that's basically one of the the major um, concerns from a publishing perspective where, again, uh, we understand the intent and we're trying to make it easier for music users um, to access music, um, but at the same time, uh, we're sort of putting these contradictory um, um, conditions on, on uh, the creator of creator of the content, at, you know, which kind of negates, negates the value or the benefit of what, what is in the, in the clause. So, I mean, that is probably one of the most um, uh, biggest concerns from a from music industry perspective, and and again, um, you know, we're obviously working working with you know all of our our colleagues in different industries, film, TV, um, to try and make sure that you know everyone understands the impact of this clause because it, it is quite a quite a devastating one. A lot like uh, the, you know uh, the NHI, for instance, we are seeing industry players really. Uh, pleading for a different kind of bill to emerge. Um, and all of this, I guess, comes back to the issue of consultations, which we know is a very important part of the South African process uh, when uh, we know we're trying to see legislation come through. Darren, and I'll ask you, Tando, as well, uh, here, when it comes to consultation, how did we get to a bill uh, that is possibly a void of the necessary consultation or the necessary inputs here? Tando, we'll start with you. I believe that the consultation did take place, but for for reasons which are unclear, um, the submissions of all of the different industry players, particularly from the indus- from the music industry, seem to have been ignored. So much of the changes that we see in the bill that will be presented tomorrow uh, in the copyright amendment bill are, you know, don't take into consideration um, some of the concerns that were raised. So it seems as though, and again. Um, I'm going to have faith that, you know, things were done in good faith. 
um, but there, there does seem to be a performative element to the consultation. Mm. So a decision has been made uh, at, at some point that this is what we're going to push through. And even though we are performatively going to consult, um, we're not actually going to take the feedback into consideration and make adjustments accordingly. Darren, key to get your thoughts here on the consultation process. I think Tando uh, saying that in nature, it seems that they've uh, been a kind of uh, cosmetic, you know, uh, for sure, um, without yes. really taking into account uh, people's inputs. I think politicians are good at that, you know, where they advertise for comment and then when they receive comment, they could say that they've consulted because they've received the consultation. But how much of what the consultation that they've listened to is, is of course, the, the important factor there. And of course, I've seen now the, the final draft and I've had to table a minority report from our side because I don't believe that we've, we've listened to the full consultation. I don't believe that we've um, implemented a lot of what was, was brought up as concerns. Um, you know, just for instance, there's still a prescription around the relationship between producer and artist. Um, so if you've got a if you've got an artist that is really really great, or you've got a producer that's that's highly talented, this bill is almost prescribing that relationship how it must be. Um, and now you know it's, it's it's giving a sure it's giving a hand up to those that are emerging as producers or emerging as artists, but it's 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 restricting the rights of the the talented, so to speak. And I think that we we have to tread very carefully there, specifically with our constitution in mind and the freedom of association. And, you know, this is where we have to look at a lot of the input that was brought in. Secondly, if if, uh, the copyright can transfer to the state... um, Now, so if if you can't trace the owner of material... um, that copyright can can transfer to the state, and I'm worried about that because it almost you know you, you, it almost encourages, so to speak, the state not to have to try too hard to trace the owner of that material, and you know that's a, that's a concern as well. So there are there's there's definite shortcomings that we that hopefully we will be bringing up in our speeches tomorrow, but. These are concerns that have not been addressed adequately for our liking. I'm also keen to hear from both of you, and I think in the interest maybe of balance, if there's anything that is encouraging about the bills as they do stand. Of course, there's a little bit of time here um, for us uh, to see this bill through and for any amendments to still be made. Uh, But are there any things uh, that we are keen on uh, that are we excited to see being uh, implemented for the sake of a creative standoff? Yes, I mean, I think, um, number one, the, the update on, on the copyright amendment bill was very long overdue. Um, so it's good to see momentum and, um, you know, government engaging on on, cre- on the creator community. Um, so that was quite an outdated bill. And we understand that, um, you know, that, that, that there was some improvements that needed to be to be added. And I think one of them that is quite positive is particularly, um, you know, on the performance side. Uh, in terms of royalties for for actors, which I think is is a positive um, initiative, and we understand the intent behind it. But again, I think what the the, the ideas and the concepts are, you know, um, noble. Uh, if I guess I could describe it that way, 
However, the, the way in which it's designed, you know, then, you know, it's in the execution and the detail that, that it's, it's falling apart a little bit. So um, that is really what we're saying. We understand the intent and very similar to the NHI. We understand the intent, but then design it in a way that's going to be practical, uh, that's going to be cohesive, that's going to be detailed, that's going to, uh, you know, have um, mechanisms in place for the entire ecosystem to function uh, and operate and grow um, as a as a, a sector. And Darren, from your perspective, anything encouraging about the legislation as it stands? Yeah, look, me and my legal colleague have been on the same page the whole evening, so <laughs> there's not much of a debate mm-hmm. here, but this is true. You know, it's, there has been a, a definite need for, for for the Act to be updated. And I think since COVID, we have seen that uh, this is a vulnerable group of people, the artists, um, um, the authors, uh, even universities in terms of protecting their work. And there there had to have been some progression in the Act and introducing the Act. And, you know, here was an opportunity, I think, also to include more role players. Um, for instance, I think extras, were, I think they served their purpose. And I think, uh, you know, not, not many um, countries count them as actors or count them in in terms of the... Uh, the legislation, which was an opportunity for us, I think, to put them in. I just always believe that we could be more inclusive. But uh, there is a lot of good that is intended in the Act. And I think with a lot more time and a lot more consultation, we could have achieved it. Um, But we have to protect our artists. We have to protect uh, our, our intellectual property. There's a lot that emerges from within South Africa. We've got real, you know, we've got great homegrown talent. And that's the purpose of why we've objected is because we have to protect it and we have to ensure that they get their just desserts. I'd like us to go to Power News headlines now. When we return, I'd like us to maybe just touch on our closing remarks. I'm on the line uh, with Darren Bergman, DA member, but also Portfolio Committee uh, member on the that's the Trade, Industry and Competition uh, Portfolio Committee there, as well as uh, Tando Makonga, uh, who today represents the Music Publishers Association. It's half past seven. Byron Lezibonti does have your Power News headlines. Tweet Nolutando at Nolu underscore MM and hashtag Power Business. At 1933 on Power of Business, the line I'm joined by Tando Makonga, who is representing the Music Publishers Association today, as well as Darren Bergman, who's a member of uh, the Portfolio Committee on Trade, Industry and Competition at the National Assembly, really unpacking uh, two pieces of legislation that stand uh, to impact our creatives here in South Africa, the Copyrights Amendment Bill and the Performers Protection Amendment Bill. Darren, I must ask you about the process that's unfolding now. I think you have mentioned that something is happening tomorrow. Help us understand where we are with the bill and the chances of it being uh, seen through to the signing of the president. So tomorrow it will be read out again and then uh, the MPs from the different parties will have an opportunity to make a declaration and then we will vote on the bill and then it will be read out, what they call the read out for the second time, which is just the second reading of the bill and uh, then that's then it goes to the president for sign-off. Um, as I say, I have every I have every bit of uh, understanding that it is going to be passed tomorrow, even though I'm sure all the opposition parties will object. 
And Tando, uh, should that then, of course, be passed? I think it then sits on the president's desk. I'm wondering if the president does sign it through. Uh, like the NHI, like we've heard with the uh, the procurement bill there, can we expect that the, the sector and the creatives in South Africa would be able to litigate against the legislation as should it, that come, uh, you know, to a necessity? And the reason also I ask, I guess, is that uh, litigation isn't a very uh, cheap exercise uh, in South Africa. It might take some sort of uh, more organizing and resource mobilization uh, if that is the case. Correct. And I think we're prepared um, for every eventuality. Uh, We have been, you know, working closely with the um, Creative Coalition, uh, which is, you know, a number of different sectors. Um, So we are prepared. There there is a sort of expectation that it will be passed tomorrow and uh, we do have options from a a litigation perspective. Um, So that is something that uh, we are preparing for. But obviously we're trying to, you know, mobilize and lobby and, you know, create awareness around what the issues are in in the hopes that, um, you know, the powers that be do take those into consideration ahead of the vote tomorrow. Well, I'd like us uh, to keep talking to you both as we watch this emerge. I think uh, all of us have vested interest here in our creative industries. Thank you both so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Uh, that was Darren Bergman. He's a DA member, but also portfolio committee member uh, there on the Committee for Trade, Industry and Competition in the National Assembly, as well as uh, Tando Makunga, who is the Managing Director of Share Publishing Africa, but to this evening representing a Music Publishers Association. And those two bills, right? And I think one thing to really reflect on on this point is what I initially started that conversation out on, and that really is the issue of the rushing of these bills pre the election, um, you know, and and maybe it's just electioneering and the president won't sign some of them through. But to push legislation through at a time when there is a, such a lack of consensus, specifically with NHI, which I'm flagging the most because it's healthcare in South Africa, then I do think we need to ask questions about the process that is being followed here in South Africa. Is it uh, as consultative as we say it is? Are we really making sure that we get all the right people in the room? And like uh, our previous speakers just said, when uh, people have come on to make uh, you know some sort of recommendations with regards to legislation, are we genuinely taking their comments on there? And I really emphasize the one of the NHI because how on earth can we have an NHI with doctors not on board, with nurses not on board? Those are the main stakeholders. Without them, there's no healthcare system, even if there's a fancy bill uh, that's been passed uh, there. So maybe this is what we see in election year, right? We see a little bit of paralysis from a policy perspective, but also we see this weird rush uh, to pass through certain legislations. All of it, though, something we should be wary of. And uh, like I said, if we go on to see the NHI being signed through or the public procurement bill being signed through and then these legislations are highly litigated and they're stuck in court and it costs the taxpayer money but also we never see the bills being implemented then it means not only were we wasting time during this period but we were also wasting uh, government resources and that's something to be said about that you've been listening to a power 98.7 podcast for more podcasts visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts